Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Business of Customer Love podcast, brought to you by Mention Me. I'm your host, Simeon Atkins, and thanks for joining us today. Growing your brand through customer love might seem like an idea that belongs in the company cafe rather than the boardroom. But identifying, growing, and activating a base of loyal fans is serious business, and the results of harnessing customer advocacy can be truly transformational for both your company and your customers. We gather experts from across the space to shine a light on how you can unleash a virtuous cycle of sustainable organic growth where your best customers keep coming back and bringing their friends too. So let's get into today's episode. So I'm excited to be joined today by Brittany Hodak, author of Creating Superfans, How to Turn Your Customers into Lifelong Advocates. Brittany, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So you're here today to discuss this concept of the experience economy and how brands can build a base of super fans one interaction at a time. Before we dive in, though, do you want to give a quick introduction to our listeners? Sure. So I have been obsessed with teaching people how to turn their customers into what I call super fans, which are customers who create more customers. Basically, my entire career, I began my career in the entertainment industry. I worked for several record labels in the United States, and then I founded my own entertainment agency where I had the honor of working with some of the biggest artists and brands on the planet, people like Taylor Swift and Katy Perry and Dolly Parton. And as I started working with bigger and bigger stars, I started working with bigger and bigger brands brands and I realized that the things that brands can do to turn their con- consumers into super fans are exactly the same thing as artists. It's all about that connection. It's all about showing them the love so that they love you back. And so I sort of pivoted. I went back to school. Uh, I got a master's degree in marketing and consumer behavior. And ever since, I've been trying to help people uh, understand how they can take their customers from just, you know, I like you to I can't stop telling everyone I know about you. Amazing. I can't wait to dive into uh, your experience in the music industry and how that's kind of crossed over into the B2B and B2C world as well. So uh, really excited to get into that. Um, now, as traditional on the show, to get things kicked off, I'd love for you to share a time recently where as a consumer, you experienced customer love firsthand and really what impact that had on you as a consumer as well. So I I love when brands can sort of connect high tech and high touch because I think that's really where we're at right now. There are so many people that are like trying to, to make it all automated. And of course, that's an important part of it. Of course, you understand firsthand how important that is. But really, you've got to be able to marry that human side with that tech side. So um, I, we have a chain here called McAllister's Deli. And they're all over. It's a, it's franchised. Um, but in their app, you can you can buy what they call a tea pass. And for $6.99 a month, you can get all the tea that you want. So they have like the best ice tea. You can go in and get it whenever you want. Um, and I am a regular of the of the McAllister's that's just down the street from my house. And so every time I go in, even though I'm like ordering it on my app, it it's sometimes, you know, totally contactless because um, they like have a tr- uh, like a stand where you can go pick up your order. So sometimes I don't even interact with another person. But they take the time to write like little notes and draw little things on the tea. And that always makes me feel so special when I go in and I see that, you know, Crystal or Mike or John or one of the people who's on staff there recognized my name coming over the order and like drew something on that cup for me. And um, it wows me every single time. And I think that's just a really fun example of how you can have both. Like just because you have somebody 
automating their order and picking it up contactless doesn't mean you can't still show them a little bit of love. And it's just such a simple thing, isn't it? This isn't something that's going to cost a company hundreds of dollars. This is a really simple but really effective way of showing customer love. I'm actually going to share an example of my own because it actually relates to you, Brittany. Um, So we'd scheduled this podcast a few weeks ago. um, And for very understandable reasons, you had to push it back slightly. Um, But because of that, you very kindly shared a copy of your book, which I'm really enjoying going through. So um, thank you very much for that, Brittany. Thank you. And I'm so glad that you're enjoying the book. And there are some great examples of customer love in there as well. So I highly recommend people to uh, to read. I think the one about Time Warner, I won't give any spoilers away, <laughs> um, but the password story with Time Warner is, is epic. So um, yeah, definitely recommend that for a read. Well, thank you. Now, this idea of customer love um, is obviously something that people can interpret in different ways. Um, now, as someone that, as you said, has kind of dedicated their, their professional career to this and written a hugely successful book um, around how you can create super fans, I'd love to, cu- love to get your view on what customer love actually means to you. So I define a super fan or a customer love as someone who has had such a great interaction with your brand that they become what I call an enthusiastic advocate, meaning they are excited to tell others about you when given the opportunity. This isn't someone who just has passive affinity for your brand, who is perhaps loyal but not telling others. These are people who understand that having you in their life has made their life better in some way. So they want to share that with the people that they love and care about because they want their lives to be improved by what it is that you do too. Yeah, fabulous. And uh, while of course this sounds great on paper, from your experience with working with brands, why is it so important for businesses to be able to identify, nurture and activate their biggest super fans and not necessarily just their biggest spenders, for example? Well, because I think we're living in a world where people have very short attention spans, right? One of the biggest threats to every single business is apathy. It's people who interact with your brand and they sort of shrug. They're like, meh, it was okay. And maybe they'll come back and spend money with you again. Maybe they won't. Um, So when you can create a super fan, you have a little bit more stickiness. You have someone who is going to come back. You've transcended from a commodity provider, someone who, you know, they may think of again when they need whatever the product or services that you offer to a category of one. In their minds, you are the solution to that problem. So when you think about things through a lens of an experience economy and saying, what is the experience that I can create that's so epic that it overpowers apathy? Somebody's not going to be able to be like, "Eh, yeah, they're about like everybody else. Or, you know, maybe I'll come again. Maybe I won't. What can you do to create an experience that makes someone say, not only do I want to come back, but I want to tell my friends about this because they need to experience it too. And this idea of the experience economy, um, again, I think companies listening might think that, well, we don't necessarily have a product that would really be able to create great experiences. You know, we're not Disney, we're not Apple, we're not one of these kind of big brands that has like an exciting product. But is this something that kind of any company in any industry selling any kind of product can, can really harness? It absolutely is. And here's the thing. If you work in a brand that doesn't yet evoke an emotional response when someone thinks of you, if you're not Disney, if you're not Apple, it is up to your employees because your brand isn't your logo. Your brand is the interactions that your customers are having with your team every day. 
So every single person on your team needs to be aligned around the idea of improving customers' lives. Now, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about NPS and CSAT, and you know, obviously there are lots of different measures of a customer's affinity for your brand, but I truly believe there are only three types of interactions that any of us ever have as customers. And this is true of, you know, every single person out there listening at the end of any experience, whether it's small, whether it's, you know, extended, whether it's with one person, whether it's a lot of people, you feel one of exactly three ways, better, worse, or the same. It's going to be a net positive experience, a net negative experience, or a net neutral experience. And if you can align everyone on your team around the idea of, hey, every time we are with a customer, we're going to leave them a little bit better than we found them. Maybe that's through a compliment. Maybe that's through a smile. Maybe that's through a nice little bonus that we're offering them. Whatever it is, if you can leave people just a little bit better than you found them. They will remember. They will feel that when they come back, they'll start to think, oh yeah, I always feel a little bit better after I engage or interact with this company. And it doesn't matter what it is that you're selling. You can absolutely improve the quality of the experiences that the people have when they are in your orbit. We had a guest on the other week, actually, who gave a great example around this, his experience being with a hotel chain. So he'd had a long flight to Australia from the States. He was super tired and jet lagged, but he said he had an amazing experience with his particular hotel chain. And he said that he felt like experience like this can actually make you a better human being because it has a huge knock-on effect with how you feel within yourself um, and how you then go on to treat other people as well. It absolutely does. And I think, you know, a lot of this comes back to getting crystal clear on your purpose and knowing that in an experience economy, regardless of what it is that you're, you do, whether you're in, you know, the B2B space, the B2C space, whether you're interacting with people in person or, or not, um, you have the ability to leave them just a little bit better than you found them. You have the opportunity to help them have an experience with, you know, whatever it is that you're offering, even if it's something as silly as like, you know, buying hardware, like you can leave them a little bit better than you found them. And if that is woven into the fabric of your company, into the mission statement of what it is that you're all about, and if you let that be your North Star, you will hire people who share that same commitment to hospitality, that same commitment to customer service and really leading with that servant heart. So um, it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing. I, like my, we were at Disney a few weeks ago um, and there was a gentleman walking around that was part of the like janitorial crew. And he was like, you know, sweeping up, sweeping, sweeping up. And then he had like a little water Thing, like a stick that squirted water like at the end of his broom he drew donald duck in water on the sidewalk and it was just like so fun and you know there was like by the time he was done with this like you know 10 foot you know giant donald duck water drawing there were like dozens of people you know standing around and clapping and so and of course that's disney um but it's an example of whatever it is that you're doing you can do it with a level of love and dedication and elevating the experience of those people who are interacting with your brand that's a brilliant example 
Now, at the top of the show, we alluded to the fact that you'd started your career in the music industry. And I'd really like to come back to this for a moment and explore your journey from that world to the B2B and B2C world. And talk about the similarities of being a fan of a band or an artist and being a fan of a brand and whether that raw, very powerful, emotional connection is transferable to a business setting. Yeah. So I started working in the music industry when I was really young. I got a job at a radio station when I was 16 years old. So I was spending a lot of time at concerts and, you know, watching these bands and particularly at festivals. I was always trying to figure out why some bands would like blow up and become these huge stars and others would just go away. And I knew that it wasn't always about the marketing spend. It wasn't always about, you know, the the quality of the single. And I just sort of watched over time. And what I started to see again and again and again was that the bands who cared the most about their fans were the ones whose fans returned the favor, who cared more, who bought the CD, who bought the t-shirt, who called into the radio station to request the songs, who told their friends they needed to see them. And then, you know, every time they would come back to town, it would go from like 400 people at their stage to 800 to like 2000 and it would grow and grow and grow. And I think probably the, the, the best I ever heard this explained was by Taylor Swift, The first time we met, she was like 17 or 18. Um, We were at an after party for an award show where she was actually, she won her very first ever televised award that night. It was for the CMT Awards uh, for a music video. And we were talking and I was talking to her about, you know, at the time she, her, her claim to fame was that she was like interacting with all of these fans on MySpace, which was the largest music discovery site on the internet then, if everybody can like take a trip in the Wayback Machine for a minute. Um, and I was just really curious. I was like, is this like something the label came up with? This is something you're doing? Because again, she was like a teenager. I was like, are you just like, you know, really into MySpace and, and, and doing this because it's fun to you? Or, you know, what's like what gives? And she said something to me that I'll never forget, which was, I want to sell a million albums. And I know to sell a million records, I have to make a million people care about my music. And they're not going to care about my music until they care about me. And they're not going to care about me until they know that I care about them. So she was on a mission to make a million people know that she cared about them as people. She cared about what was going on in their lives. She cared about what they were doing. She wanted them to know her. And, you know, clearly things have worked out okay for Taylor. Um, and she has over the past, you know, 17 or 18 years since, whatever it's been, um, done an enormously fabulous job of growing that passion with that same, I mean, there are stories all the time of things that she's doing one-on-one for her fans in their lives to help improve them because she understands that super fandom is a two-way street. If you want someone to feel like your thing is a part of their life, you need to make them feel like they are an important part of your life and you care about them. And I think we've all as customers been in a situation where we felt like just another number. Like we felt like the company did not care about our money at all. It did not matter to them if we left and never came back. And we've also been in situations where we feel that personal attention. We feel like they are so glad that we're a customer. They would do whatever it takes to keep us and they want to improve our experiences in some way. So it's 
really just about making a decision of where you want to fall on that spectrum. I, of course, am biased and think you need to be all the way to the far side of the spectrum of of customer centricity and making your customers feel like the most important people in the world. Um, But once you sort of have that design, it's just about creating the systems and processes to get your team on board and to track the progress that you're making toward that goal. I wonder how many people tuning in thought that they'd be taking inspiration from Taylor Swift before they started listening. Probably not many, but there we go. (laughs) Well, Taylor is a brilliant marketer. I say it all the time, Um, you know, regardless of what industry she was in, she would she would be at the top of her game because she just has a brilliant mind for for marketing and creating experiences. Fabulous. Um, so I'd love to kind of dive a little bit deeper and start to discuss um, the steps that businesses can take to start building a base of super fans. And I know that you've got a, a very appropriate acronym um, and different <laughs> steps for this. So I'd love to dive into that in a little bit more detail. Of course. Well, I always say that if you want to create super fans, being great is not good enough. You have got to be super. And super is a mnemonic device to help people remember uh, the steps and what it is that you need to do. So it's a five-part framework. And, you know, I think decades or perhaps even centuries from now, when we look back at this particular time in business, one of the mistakes that is going to be very clear is the, to use a scientific word, uh, the over siloification of departments. So we've sort of said like, okay, you're, you're in sales, you're in marketing, you're in operations, you're in finance, you're in legal. And like everybody has these, these departments and we like to pretend like things fit in these, you know, like neat little boxes. But to a customer, none of that exists and none of that matters. And I think one of the things that we're missing out on with customer intelligence is sharing cross-departmentally because customer data is important to every department and must be shared by everyone because, you know, the people who work in one part of your business have a completely different set of insights and ideas as people on another side of it. And only when they talk and share information can you like connect those dots and make everything happen. It becomes like one plus one plus one equals 10. So um, I always say, if your if your company doesn't have you know a chief experience officer or somebody who is working cross departmentally with every single member of your team, I highly encourage you to to add that position because you know with mention me there is data that is you know just as important to people pre sale as it is post sale. Like it's all about sharing that intelligence. So. With that primer, the five steps uh, that I recommend for anyone who wants to turn more of their customers into super fans is following what I call the supermodel. S is start with your story. And when I say start with your story, I don't mean lead with your story. I mean, what is your story? Why do you matter? Why should a customer care about you? Why are you better than your competitors? Because if you can't answer that question, they're never going to be able to figure it out. So start with your story. Ultimately, why do you deserve super fans? What is it that you're doing that is remarkable and, you know, should make them care enough to come back? That's the first part. 
you is understand your customer story. That's, you know, in the book, I dive into all of the different things that you should have a handle on. What is your customer struggling with? What's the transformation they're looking for? How are you able to use both empathy and authority to help your message come across? I said before, super fans are created at the intersection of your story and every customer story. So those are those first two components. And then the third pillar is where all of that comes together, your story and theirs. P stands for personalize. And in that part of the supermodel and in that part of the framework, uh, it's all about how you blend that high tech and high touch. What are you doing to make every single customer feel like the most important customer? How are you using both technology and human interaction to make them feel seen, to make them feel important, and to help re-engage them with your brand when needed? That ladders into E, which stands for exceed expectations. I always like to say these are like nesting dolls. Everyone like builds on the one before. Um, but in the E pillar of the supermodel, it's all about intentionality, using intentional experience design to really architect the journey that you want your customers to have. What do you want them to feel and what are you doing to ensure that's what they are feeling so that every experience is leaving them a little bit better than you found them. And then finally, the R stands for repeat. And that is a nod to the fact that you're never done when it comes to customer love. What was good enough a year ago is not good enough today. And what is good enough today is not going to be good enough a year from now because customers' expectations are always getting higher all the time. So that final pillar is a nod to that and also to the fact that, of course, you've got to set up your systems and processes to make all of this wow be repeatable so that regardless of who on your team a customer is engaging with or when they're engaging or what location they're engaging with, they're going to have a predictably amazing experience and it's going to be in alignment with what you have designed. And to that last point, actually, there was a great... um visual that you described in the book around this you know obviously advocacy is not kind of like the end journey almost like climbing the rings to advocacy and the different stages to advocacy you know when you're kind of first becoming aware of a brand right through to when you become a super fan but at any point in that journey you can obviously slip down the rings um and so as you said it's a repeatable process it's not an end game you don't build super fans and then that's it it's got to be repeatable and you've got to keep delivering these these great experiences as well yeah, I talk a lot about it in the book about apathy because, again, I think it's like the most underappreciated threat because it is so real. Uh, and the graphic that you're talking about is, is something that I call my ladder to super fandom. It's how you get from that bottom rung of, oh, yeah, I know this brand exists to the top rung of I'm telling people why this brand is so great. And it's like a carnival ladder. At any point, somebody can just fall off. It doesn't matter if they've, you know, done business with you three times or 300 times at any point apathy can kick in and make them try a competitor and you know you always have to assume that your competitors are trying harder to get your customers than you are trying to keep them so you've got to make sure that you love on your existing customers even more than those prospects that you're trying to like get into the funnel absolutely Brittany, we've covered some fantastic ground today just in closing, I read an amazing quote of yours recently, which said, when you tell people you're great, that's marketing. When your customers tell people you're great, that's magic. 
So what are the main outcomes that businesses can expect to see by focusing on customer advocacy and creating super fans? And then as a follow-up question to that, what would be the number one thing that you would say to companies looking to improve their customer experience that they can implement and start doing right away? Well, I would say to your first point, um, immediately what you're going to start to experience is more engaged customers. Um, you're going to see higher lifetime values. You're going to see more earned growth um, from referrals coming from those customers. And then over time, it's going to be like the snowball rolling down the hill, right? You're going to get more and more referred business, which means your cost of acquisition is going to go down. Your chance of closing sales is going to go up um, and you're going to retain your customers for longer and longer. So those Those are some of the benefits that you're seeing. Um, I would say for anyone who wants to start, uh, a great place to start is at that beginning uh, of my supermodel that I talked about, the S. The reason that I say start with your story is because a lot of people haven't done that foundational work to say, why do we deserve super fans? What is it that we're doing that should make someone care? Because if you don't have that, it's like building the foundation on sand. You've got to understand your superpower, your origin, what it is that's making you better than every other potential competitor out there for your desired customers. So that is where I would start. Ask yourself, what is it that I'm doing to deserve these super fans? What can I do to create a world that they can't imagine living in without me? And you'll be on the right path. Brittany, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. You've been listening to the Business of Customer Love podcast hosted by Mention Me. Thanks for tuning in and be sure to join us next time where we'll be speaking to some more amazing guests about how you can harness the power of customer love. See you again soon.